This year, I am really focused on my health and sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out there right now, and they are one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. No seed oils, no preservatives or toxins. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and honestly, you could taste it. I started taking Symbiotica because I was feeling sluggish and tired, and I just wanted to feel better, but I also wanted a supplement that actually tasted great. Plus, their supplements are super easy to just take on the go. They taste good. Having supplements that don't taste like chalk or artificial ingredients makes me look forward to taking them every day. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine, and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal this winter has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. I take a Symbiotica every morning with my eggs and I'm ready to go. I'm alert. And then I hit the gym. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every single month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use code BACHELOR for 15% off your subscription order. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. What's up, Bachelor Happy Hour? I'm Becca Kufrin. And I'm Michelle Young. And we are back again this week with a double episode recap as we get into everything with hometowns with the families and also the women tell all. And then very shortly, we're going to, I feel like we're going to do our little own women tell all over here on Happy Hour because we are going to have our girls Brooklyn, Mercedes, and Allie on very shortly. Yes, we're so excited. We have so much to talk about and so much to speak to them about their experience at the Tell All. Plus, we are getting all of their thoughts on the insanely exciting announcement of our new Bachelorette, Charity. (gasps) Yay! Oh my gosh, it feels so good to finally be able to talk about that. And what were your thoughts when you saw that Charity was announced? I feel like we manifested this. I was like, yes, it worked. Because back those for like who who have been listening will understand that Beck and I have been like campaigning for charity. Mm-hmm. I think really like putting it out there in the universe for her to be the next bachelorette. Um yes. and so I was like, damn right, so deserving. And then I texted her in two seconds. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy for her. And and we 
like if anyone hasn't listened to the episode a few weeks ago when we had charity on happy hour i would tell you to go back stop listening to this one right now come back to this one but go back and listen to charity's episode because she is just such an incredible well-rounded woman so deserving and and really like i think anyone from this season would have been very deserving to be in that position but especially charity and also like it's been several years since we've seen a lead of color. It's about damn time. I'm so excited for Charity. I feel like she is just going to bring something totally new to being the lead. Um, and so I cannot wait. I, I'm absolutely thrilled for her. I messaged her and I was like, I'm sending you so much more down. You got to pop these <laughs> bottles before you start filming, which I think is going to be like very soon. She has such a quick turnaround. So she is probably deep in interviews and fittings figuring out all of her beautiful gowns she's going to wear to all those rose ceremonies. But um, yeah, Charity, if you were listening, we're so thrilled for you and we support you and we are so excited to see you hopefully, fingers crossed, find the one during your time as the lead. That's crazy. They better pick some good men for her. Otherwise, I'm coming after them. (laughs) They better. I know. I know. And I feel like they've done, I mean, they've done such a good job casting with sex season, it seems like, with just really great women that we better see that with the men, too. So at the end of every happy hour, we always announce that they're still casting and you can apply or nominate someone. So if you know of anyone, make sure you do that for our girl charity. Nothing but the best for her. Um, so before we, you know, bring the women on and talk about the tell-all and this big reveal, let's get into hometowns a little bit because we did have these back-to-back episodes. Um, what were, what were your takeaways from hometowns? Did you have a favorite hometown date out of the four women? Hometowns are always such an interesting episode to watch because you see how the families are able to kind of just take the whole premise of the show or not take the premise of the show. And it it's so interesting as a viewer, but even just as a lead or a contestant, hometowns a lot of times are what make or break the relationship. And mm. especially when it's early in a relationship as far as timeline goes, you've only been together for a certain period of time. And I thought it was so interesting with Ariel's hometown and her dad and her brother she really did kind of prepare Zach with how intense that could potentially get mm-hmm. um what are your thoughts on Ariel's I think it was brother or dad that asked Zach right off the bat how do you actually do you actually really know my sister do you was mm-hmm. it brother I'm pretty sure it was her brother because then he was asking like do you know when her birthday, birthday is, is? Do you what's know her all middle these... name yeah and it, it that's always such a hard question because it seems like it's the little things which the little things are important but when you're in a show like this you really do just jump down to the nitty-gritty right away mm-hmm. but what I that didn't really hold as much weight for me when Zach didn't know those answers but was interesting is when then there was a question of why Why should my sister pick you? Or why, why, are, Ariel, why are you the best for her? Why are you the best? <laughs> and <laughs> do you know what I'm going to say? Yes. And the answer was I have a big heart and I'm a really good cook. I, and that's where I was like, oh, it was just I felt for. Well, it's hard because that was also the first hometown. So, you know, we have to also give him a break. Well, that, no, that was the second you. one. That was because no, he the had, first one, he had Gabby first. 
Ariel's okay, so I second. can't even give him the I can't even give him the excuse of like it's your first hometown getting your hometown legs. But it is intense. It's an intense situation. So you might not mm-hmm. have the best answers. But what was your thought on Zach's answer of why he would be the best fit? Well, first of all, I think her brother did ask very valid questions that, yes, if my sibling was on the show, I would want to ask the same things. And so I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish he would have maybe taken a beat and given a more thoughtful answer in terms of what Ariel's brother was asking. But, you know, I mean, like from a viewer standpoint, it was uncomfortable to watch. (laughs) Yeah, it was. But but like, that's why we watch the show at times. Right. And so not every hometown is going to go super smooth. Like he, he did start out on a very high foot, I would say, with Gabby's family. I would say out of all four of them, Ariel's family definitely seemed the most difficult, the most uncomfortable. All the others, for the most part, seemed like pretty smooth sailing, I would say. Um, I would love to highlight Charity's hometown because she had a bigger hometown. He not only met like her parents, she he met <clears throat> her brother, some of her friends. A, I'm a fan of her brother. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Nehemiah. I really liked him. I know Charity is not the Bachelorette, but who's to say it couldn't run in the family? Maybe him for Bachelor one day. I don't know. But I also really liked her friends. And I feel like one of them asked a really great question when they were talking to Charity. And that was, you know, everyone's like, are you falling for this man? Like, what has your experience been like? How fun is this? You know, like looking mm-hmm. at kind of the bright side. But they asked like, are you prepared for an outcome that like isn't what you hoped for? And I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but I thought that yeah. was a really yeah. good question to get her mind to think like, okay, I am one of four women here still. How am I going to handle this? I've already dealt with heartbreak in the past and how will I handle this outcome that isn't to my liking or that I am expecting, which obviously we saw her go home this week. So I think that was a great question on her friend's part to know that yeah. like how will you handle this and and it seems like she has a really great support system but um yeah I think like for the most part they all seemed pretty easygoing besides Ariel's family you bring up such a good point with her friend though just with hometowns it, it, it's hard when families really and friends really do know you the best they've been in your life they kind of know how you function they've seen you through the heartbreak and like all these different trials and tribulations but it's it was so nice to see this moment where her friend challenged charity to think about something without making it this like intense um riddle mm-hmm. right and it's like th- this is a situation where you are one of four But, like, sometimes when you're in it, you kind of can get lost in that. And especially when you're trying to compartmentalize, you can almost compartmentalize too much, even as a contestant, and go into it blindly of, like, of course I'm it. Or, of course, like, you know, I'm the person. And you, at the end of the day, it's, like, it was a great way and a respectful way to not bring charity back down to ground, but just, like, kind of really help encapsulate the whole reality of the situation Mm -hmm. that this is something that's very likely that could happen and if it happens one like that they're there to support but um are you to like also think about that not even in a negative way right Uh, no and I don't think she was coming at it 
Mm-mm. like I'm thinking of like the week before where there was the mentalist and it like really broke these women down and I don't oh think gosh, the questions yeah. that they were asking were to do that I think it was more so coming from a place of love like look we've seen you go through heartbreak and failed relationships and we saw you at these low places we're here for you no matter what but are you prepared for what that might be knowing that you are one of four women still so Exactly. I really liked that conversation. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll see more of those of her friends, of those women, when she becomes the lead. I would love that. Uh, okay, there's one more thing. Well, wait. <clears throat> Time up. Do you have anything oh. else you want to talk about for hometowns? There is something that I want to ask you because <laughs> for those listening, Becca sent me a photo <clears throat> and a video uh, <laughs> while she was watching this episode when Zach was having a conversation with one, with one of the women and it made it really hard to focus on the conversation because there was other things that were taking place. Becca, can <laughs> yes. you please fill everybody in with what you sent me? I will. Oh my gosh. This is what this is what really sent me during this episode. So in this moment, it's during Miss Katie's hometown. Zach meets the family. It goes well. We're all falling in love. Yay, great feelings. They go outside to chat. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to pull the phone up right now. They go outside to chat. And in this moment where young Katie is starting to profess her love and her feelings of falling to Zach, All I can focus on is one thing, and that is the food between Zach's front (laughs) teeth. And I don't know how no one else caught this. I don't know how producers or the cameramen did not, or women, did not see this. But poor Zachy had something. I don't know what he was eating during. I'm going to say, what do you think it was? Uh, I don't know. It's like green black. I maybe a piece of lettuce. Like, did we eat sandwiches? I don't even know. Something. If you were Katie, would you pot? Would you continue professing your love, or would you pause? No, I would have told him right away because there was no missing that. Like even before she got into what she was trying to tell him, it was there. It was very apparent. But in this moment of love filled proclamations somebody should have just taken a little quick time out but hey love isn't always pretty you know (laughs) love isn't always pretty and that's how you know she's really fallen in love people okay one last thing before we get into bringing our guests on and we're going to pivot from hometowns to now women tell all Mm -hmm. and we will save most of our questions for the women that we have on but We've we've hinted at this in the past. Obviously, Greer had a hot seat. So let's talk about that for a little bit. What were your overall thoughts, takeaways from that conversation? Um, with somebody coming into this hot seat and speaking on it, I think the biggest thing for me is I always want to make sure that people understand that this is a promise to do better and to edu- continue to educate yourself and educate yourselves. And so this is not this, you know, it's going to be really intense right now. It's going to be really lively. It's going to be this big push to change and this big gung-ho. But once the cameras are down, once we're two months out, are you still going to be finding time to educate yourself? And so that's Mm -hmm. like the biggest thing. One thing that stood out to me and that I was, I would say, surprised by is when Jesse started crafting the intro for this conversation for Greer, 
he acknowledged the fact that the franchise has dropped the ball in the past and that they were part of the issue, which I think was key here. I I was surprised, but I'm glad that Jesse highlighted that, that it is part of this franchise and like we have been part of the problem, whether it's through casting, for silencing, past conversations that should have taken place, for silencing a whole group of people. So I think that was a start Again, mm-hmm. like this has to continue and it, it can't just be, as you said, like a one and done thing. Like we have to continue to like learn and grow and like want that. Yeah. Not only for ourselves, but like for things that we're part of, like you and I are part of this franchise for a reason. But like, obviously we want it. We all want to do better and be better and and much more supportive. So I think that was a part of it. Um, and one thing that Greer did that I, I would say. And again, like, I wish we could have seen the whole conversation because I'm sure this hot seat took way longer than just what we saw. But one of the things that I think she did differently that we haven't always seen in the past is like she didn't just apologize. She like already went back and said, like, I had to go back and look like where this stemmed from, where this came from. And like I took a deep dive into different things into the blackface. And so I'm glad that she like actually could start somewhere and say like, Hey, I've started to do this. I'm not just doing it now and like moving forward. Um, and like playing into that conversation too. I'm really glad that the show included Genevieve Genevieve's, um, and this doesn't have to do with Greer, but when she was addressing, I think it was Anastasia for the microaggressions. for the microaggressions. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that that piece was included as well because then Dr. Banks could go back and reference that and be like, this was a good step in the right direction as well. So I think it's like bits and pieces that were sprinkled throughout that I think it's a step forward in doing better. Yeah, I will acknowledge that it it definitely is a step forward and I can also understand just different communities of color with being also, you know, tired of having to have this type of content exposed Mm -hmm. and speaking about the angry black woman was something that came out when I was a contestant and something that I had to address um, and was brought to light quite a bit and then this women tell all we do have conversations about microaggression and I I think it is a step that we are talking about these things I think it's a step that that women are stepping up and calling it out where they see it Mm -hmm. I would love to see the franchise get to the point where the drama is not racism it's not race based and I think that's what's really important is the Mm -hmm. fact that the meat of this show should not be addressing things because we should be having still having these issues and kind of like you said with something that Greer did with going back to where did this come from a lot of times when these events happen people apologize but they don't realize like you have to uncover your own implicit bias you have to cover Mm -hmm. your own racism and we're we're not all at the same point we all have different experiences we all grow up different there's not one person that's like the same and so for her to take that on her for for her to look in the mirror and figure out where she grew whether whether whatever it was it wasn't you know, where I grew up was is an excuse mm-hmm. of why I'm like this or where it comes from. It's acknowledging and identifying it, but not using it as an excuse, using it as a way to then this is why shit, I might have a lot more catching up than, you know, someone else standing next to me. But mm-hmm. we all have to start with ourselves and we're all at very, very different points in this this piece. But in order to do a better job collectively or even as like a community, a society, we all have to start with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And 
so it was. It was I, I think it was a helpful conversation. I hope that Bachelor Nation is able to receive it and is able to take a step back because I know that people, again, people watch this show for drama and because it's juicy and something to gossip about. And yes, there's a love story. We want a love story to come out of this. But it's typically not this intense. It's not supposed to be these intense racist scandals. Mm -hmm. And we don't want them to be like that. Yeah. We don't want to be having these conversations. Believe me. Like, I would prefer to not have to have all these conversations, closed conversations behind, or conversations behind closed doors. Like, these are exhausting. Like, this Mm -hmm. has been exhausting to even get to the point to really push for these conversations to be Mm -hmm. had. Um, But I, I hope Bachelor Nation can take a step back and realize why we are why it is important for this to be spoken about when these mistakes keep continuing to be made. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully by having these conversations consistently, repeatedly, and again, taking a deep dive into ourselves, hopefully it just lessens that. Um, we'll see where it goes from here on out. But but yeah. I'm, I'm, it's a start. It's a start. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that it was included and not just cut out because there's a lot of yeah. other stuff that they could have included in the tell all that I'm sure didn't make it. So I'm glad that yeah. it was very important to a lot yeah. of people to have that. So, and I just, I hope it's, I just hope it's consistent, you know, because we've mm-hmm. kind of been here with Emmanuel Acho, right? Where we had this big thing. And I just, I want it to be consistent. I don't want to consistently have these conversations because I would just love for this to not happen so that groups of people are not getting hurt like this. Right. But like, I hope that we're responding appropriately if these things were to arise again, yeah. which I hope we're able to take the steps so that they don't to yes. prevent them. But yes. Well, with that, I mean, there's so much still that, that happened with the tell all that we'll get into. And I think it's just time to bring on the women themselves. Again, we're going to have Brooklyn, Mercedes and Allie here who are all part of that tell all and can give us a much more in-depth look at what actually went down. Let's do it. Let's bring them on. Welcome to Happy Hour, everyone. I feel like this is the most face that the screen has ever seen with all of, all five of us on today. We got the squad. Yes. <laughs> we do. Yes. How's everyone feeling? I'm feeling good. Good. Okay. good to be back. Can't wait to dive in. Yes, yes. Welcome back. And we got Allie and Mercedes who are newbies to Happy Hour. I think, Allie, you did click clickbait, correct? I did. I did. Okay. Okay, yeah. so you're not, you're a professional, but but first time <laughs> with us. And Mercedes, what about you? Have you done any podcasts before? Yeah, I did clickbait a couple weeks ago. Oh, you did? So. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, so we're all well-rounded here. All this is, this yes. is not a first time for anyone. Okay, I love it. It has been a crazy, intense week in The Bachelor. We obviously watched Hometowns. We saw the women tell all. So, Brooklyn, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Allie and the Mercedes. How is it now being done with all of the craziness that is the tell-all um yeah so being done with tell-all you know we aired all our dirty laundry we got that out of the way um you know we were able to find the closure we needed whether that was with zach or with the girls and kind of move past that um it was a great group of girls and you know despite having drama like i feel like we've all been able to say our piece and move past it so like there's no hard feelings with any of the girls and i feel like the girls as far as zach goes have been able to you know, find their closure and move on to whatever's next for them. Mm, maybe a little paradise action. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Allie, what about you? Yeah. 
so as you saw on the tell all, all of us are super close. The longer we stayed, we just bonded more and it just, you know, makes for some really tight relationships and bonds. So we don't play about each other. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> for Sandy, what was it like for you now? I mean, obviously living in in the tell-all, the long day that that is, and then being able to watch it back and kind of be done with that chapter of your life. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely intense, like, leading up to it because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, you know, what people are going to say. But I think at the end of the day, it went over really well. And like Brooklyn said, we got our dirty laundry out. Um, and now that it's over, like we can make our relationships public and like actually be friends, like outside of just like our little chats. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm really excited to see what everyone's futures hold. Yeah. Did any of you go into the women tell all with any specific things that you want to address air out just because when you leave you're and you're watching it back, you're watching it back real time with all of us, with the entire bachelor nation. And I, a lot of times you're seeing different things that other people may have said, other feelings might have come up. You haven't been able to start sort those things out. So what were like some of the specific things that you really were focused on um, or kind of were like floating around in your head as you were approaching Women Tell All? Brooklyn, do you want to start? Yeah. Um, so as far as like, you know, going into Tell All, what I needed to address or what I wanted closure on. I feel like I pretty much left it all on the field um, as far as, you know, the show went. Um, I did kind of want to see, I was interested to see, you know, Zach's perspective of our breakup and stuff and, you know, what he thought. Because, yeah, we talked, but I didn't really see what he had to say about me and the ITMs and all that. Um, but as far as like any drama or any like thing like that, I feel like I, I said what I said and I, there it was. Um, so I didn't really have anything I wanted to address specifically as far as the drama, but I was interested to see what Zach had to say in his ITMs. Right. Um, Allie, what about for you? Anything that you really wanted to cover with any of the women or with Zach? Not really. I feel like the show actually portrays pretty accurately who I am as an individual. I'm just always there, just bebopping, you know? And so <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't get into any drama. I don't really get into drama in real life. It was nice, though, to see girls get that closure and be able to, like, voice their standpoint um, on certain situations. Um, and so it was really nice. It was especially nice for me to watch Kylie and Stas have that opportunity to talk. Both of them mm -hmm. I was really, really close with. So for me, it was definitely a sticky situation where I always took a step back. Didn't want to over-engage in either girls um, just because they are both my, of my friends. Um, so it was nice to see them both be able to say their piece say what they needed to say so that we can like all move on as a collective. Mm -hmm. Mercedes, what about for you? Yeah. So like Ali, I wasn't really involved in much drama, um, but Kylie is like my ride or die. That's my girl. So going into tell all, I told her, I'm like, Hey, like I got your back. Like if you ever need me to like step up, like I will, because you're my girl, I got you. But she handled herself so well. And I'm so proud of how she just, her and Stoss, like Ali said, I mean, I'm friends with both of them. So it was really nice seeing them be able to talk to each other and figure everything out. Mm -hmm. But that was really all I planned on speaking on. And I didn't have to because Kylie did such a good job by herself. <laughs> <laughs> so there's obviously, I'm sure, a lot that went down that day that we just didn't have the opportunity to see given timing. Um, so since you three were actually there 
Did it seem more calm or more crazy than you expected? So this is a two-part question. Did it seem more calm or more crazy than what you expected the day to be? And then was there anyone in that group of women who really surprised you or stood out to you? Because I will say there were a couple women that went home night one that were very vocal throughout parts. And I was like, wait, who are you? Like, how how are you speaking on this if you weren't there? So I want your take since you were all there. Uh, Mercedes, let's start with you on that one. Yeah, some some people definitely showed up and showed out. Um, kind of <laughs> took me for a loop a little bit. There was a night, night one that I was just kind of like, whoa, you know, like where I mean, everyone deserves to have an opinion, obviously. And I respect that so much. But it was kind of like, whoa. But yeah, I think she just wanted to put her opinion out there because she didn't have much time to do that. So she got to do it at Tell All and, and she went for it. So <laughs> <laughs> did, it, did the day seem overall seem more calm or was it more wild than you expected? Um, honestly, both a little bit. Like, I feel like the drama that we saw on the show was very like everyone was very mature about it and they actually like talked it through like adults um and then you know there was some random things that nobody knew about that it was like from left field you were just like what like when how did you know that or what like so that was just confusing so that was a little crazy but I would say for the most part it was pretty calm cool and collected mm-hmm. which is nice but that's what I was gonna say it was definitely more feisty than I in expected watching yeah. it just because yeah. so much of the drama, whether it was, I'm sure there was always drama in the house that was not, you know, being spoken about or anything like that. But like, it, it, very much so, like, let's get into specific moments, okay? Because we all know we're going to bring this person up. Um, <laughs> Christina, I'm going to throw Christina. How, how was it like seeing Christina again, just with what happened while she was on the show and in the house and, and traveling with you guys? Um, what has happened. I know that we all can't necessarily communicate and talk once you get let go up until women tell all, but everybody's on social media and everybody can kind of like see what everybody else is doing. And there's just been a lot that has been going on. And then there was a lot that happened at women tell all. So what were your guys' thoughts on seeing her again? Seeing Christina again at tell all, you know, I knew that the drama was going to come up. Um, I, Actually, like, I haven't really seen anything, like, on social media, like, directly from her. Um, But, I mean, she does have quite the following. Like, a lot of people really support her, which is great. Everyone needs and deserves support in this world. Um, But seeing her again at Tell All, I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. Like, I wonder if she, like, kind of recognized what happened, especially being able to watch it back and, like, maybe kind of where she went wrong or how her actions were affecting others. Um, so I was interested to see how that was going to go. I was a little nervous, honestly, because um, she does do a pretty good job of, she knows exactly what to say and how to say it, but I don't feel like her actions actually portray that. Um, so I was interested to see, did we have a learning moment from this opportunity, watching it back, or are we still blown smoke? And I feel like we're still blowing smoke but I wanted to ask you that because for the most part I think that's what people were expecting to be like probably one of the most dramatic moments was everyone's interaction and confrontation with Christina it seemed fairly tame from a viewer (laughs) standpoint but she did as you said Brooklyn it seemed like she was saying the right things like she took accountability she knows that she screwed up where she went wrong 
and left it at that. But did it feel genuine? Because again, you were there, all three of you, you were there with her in person. So I wanted to know, as you said, does it feel like smoke's being blown up the ass or did it feel actually real? And I want all three of you to answer that. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the moment, it seemed genuine. However, you know, I don't know if she'll ever really have an opportunity to be back in that situation. Um, and I haven't spoke to her since or seen her or anything. So I don't know, cause I'm not really monitoring her actions, I guess you could say. Um, but the way she spoke did seem genuine. Something tells me this girl's going to be on the sand. Okay. Yeah. There's no way that she's not going to be on the sand. This girl's going to be on the I sand. Allie, how did you feel about her response? And I, I don't even know if I'd call it like an apology per se, but just her response to everyone when they brought up the issues. I do think her response was genuine. However, I think she's oblivious to how her actions affected others. And so I think she genuinely meant everything she said, but it still negated the fact that you did say things that were harmful and you never took time to take yourself out of your headspace and understand how those things affected other people. Um, and while I also do not follow, for the most part, any of them, I think in the beginning, we all like look up Bachelor stuff. And then after yeah. a week, you're like, oh, this is way too much. Mm -hmm. um, stuff did pop up and go viral um, where she was talking about, you know, Brianna. And for me, that was again, doubling down on, while I think her intentions were to be goofy, silly, funny, um, you're still negating the fact that that is harmful to Brianna. And so from that standpoint, love her, respect her, glad that we can um, move forward. But I still think there are, um, there are actions that need to be taken so that she fully understands like the power that she holds and the repercussions that she holds and the following that she has. I mean, she is hilarious and she is funny. So people jump on that bandwagon and um, Brianna does get mean messages and does get things that, because everyone doesn't understand the full story. And so right. I feel like that's the part that hurt me at Tell All is listening to all this back um, and being a friend of Brianna's and knowing that she wasn't here to defend herself and she isn't here to say the things that she needs to say. Um, and so all people get to hear is um, One Christina's voice. apology. Yeah. Right. And and I that it's just half of the story. So I, I hope that people take away from that, take a step back and still see but there's another human being that was a part of this who um, is getting the rougher, or the shorter end of the stick in all of this. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on Brianna not being there? You know, I, I, I don't know why she was or was not. I mean, I don't know why she wasn't there. I have no idea what went into that decision or, or if she was invited or if she wasn't invited. So I don't know that. But I was happy if she made the decision to not come. I think it takes a lot. Um, with all of this to put your mental health first and to put yourself first, it is much easier to say, well, I'm just going to go there and I'm going to defend myself and I'm going to do this. But if that's going to mess you up more then like, mm -hmm. do take a step back, let people say what they want to say, do you? And so, um, while I don't know the reasoning for why she wasn't there, I hope that she was able to just take a breather because, um, this has been a fun roller coaster, but none of us expected half of the things we got. And I think she had a lot of attention on her um, that she was not prepared for. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just hope that it was a breather that she got to have. And I respect it if she needed that moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's you. I mean, you have to handle it with care. And like, that's yeah. the hard thing is that repercussions and consequences 
oftentimes, like when you talk about what a genuine apology looks like, and sometimes it's hard when you have to sit and wait for an audience to see it, call it out, for you to really feel that pressure. Now the mm-hmm. kitchen is really hot, and now you want to apologize. It's like it's, it is it is this interesting environment where you can say whatever you want to say, and you can have the girl, you know, girls or other contestants that are around you say something that might create issues, and there's cameras there, but, like, the actual public repercussions don't come out until months later, and that's often when the apologies come out, when I would love for them to naturally come out before then. Yeah. And it just sometimes takes it away. But then also you can see people who... Sometimes that takes that is what it takes for them to understand that they really did something wrong. Well, okay, let's ask this then. Was there ever a moment that and maybe the three of you don't know because maybe it didn't happen to you directly, but as far as you're aware, did Christina ever reach out and apologize for her actions, maybe directly to Brianna or to any of you? you know, for the issues that she caused when she was like really making everything about herself. Was there any apology prior to the tell all? Not that I'm aware of. Um, I mean, she doesn't have to apologize to me, obviously, but like, not that I'm aware of. Um, I think she said that at tell all that she, cause I had asked her, I said, you know, did you reach out to Brianna and talk about this? And she said, no. And I was like, but you're making TikToks about her. Oh, the TikTok mm. with the face on it at the end. Yeah, See, that rubs that. me. That rubs me. Brooklyn's going to yeah. get all fired up again. <laughs> yeah. I, don't hear, I don't know Protect about your this peace, either. Brooklyn. Protect your peace. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. she has been recorded that shit. That, like, I, I honestly, see that. the only way you can protect your peace is to stay off social in general. True. Like, yeah. There's just, there's no way Truly. around it. Okay, yeah. let's switch gears a little bit from we had this whole thing with Christina going on. Sounds like it's still going on. I uh, Something tells me that it's going to be coming back up, floating around somewhere <laughs> warm. Uh, we'll see. But what is this? What is this whole bombshell that was dropped about Anastasia having a boyfriend while she's on the show? Could, can That's- you all speak more to that? Like, did she was this this was not the first time you guys were hearing about this was it it's the first yeah. time I heard yeah about i had it. never heard that so really? like yeah oh, tell me more <laughs> like this is news um yeah i i truly have no idea what it was i don't know if you girls have any more idea than i do um i have no clue it was news to me yeah well, but, and like it, when she when she said that i was just like what oh yeah all of your all of your reactions were in that moment like if you could have just screenshotted everyone's face literally it seemed like it and this is just me i don't know shit and again like i don't know a lot i'm such a mom like i don't follow like a lot of stuff on social media but it seemed like that was kind of just pulled out of thin air out of left field from some of the other women that i think we're just maybe like trying to have a moment of like well you had a boyfriend but it wasn't actually factual backed up no evidence to this yeah and then it was that and i was purely annoyed from the just screaming words that made no sense i have receipts i pull them out where are they like mm-hmm. just screaming that you have them but not actually backing them up and then back to you do realize this affects people's actual lives right like this is not the time to just throw out complete lies um and so i don't know uh, but i know Stas's character and I know who she is as a person and she's not the one to hide it. 
she'd be the one to be like, yeah, I got two boyfriends. What's good. And so I was just annoyed because I'm just like, while I can't confirm or deny any of this, if you were actually here and met her as a person, then you would know like who she is and how she shows up. And that's just not how she shows up. Um, I can say many things about her, but lying about the people she talks to just isn't something. And so um, if it ever did come out to be true, I would still be shocked, like jaw on the floor, because um, that's just not who she is. And then that coupled with the fact that we live in this roster culture. I'm just like, so you're telling me you never talked leading up to this show to one boy, kiss one boy, communicate it with one boy, like hand me your phone. Like, it's mm-hmm. just not true. Like, it would be a lie if we all said for the months leading up, we just deleted every boy in our phone and never desired for someone to like us. That's silly. And mm-hmm. so um, boyfriend, no boyfriend, flirting, no flirting. I'm just like, let's be adults here. You can talk to who you want to talk to. She was exclusively with Zach from our understanding when she was on the show. So like, what does it matter? <laughs> like, I don't right. know. I don't right. know. <laughs> so nobody saw the receipts. Is that what you're saying? No, I want nobody. the receipts. Release the receipts. <laughs> what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Oh, yeah. Is it like text? Is it like pictures? Is it text messages? Is well, it like a text thread? What is it? It sounded like it was text between this guy that was like watching her dog, but but she was like, No, my mom is watching my dog. That's why that's where it just gets muddled and like very much she said she said. Um, since we're just speaking of Anastasia really quick, did it feel like there was any sort of resolution between her and Kylie? Did they get to a place of understanding or did they just kind of like leave it as as is like, you know, we're not going to be friends, but like it's in the past now. What was that like for them? I feel like personally there was an understanding. I think that Kylie spoke very beautifully and said like exactly how she was feeling. And I think Stoss really took that and understands it. Stoss is a very like intelligent woman and she knows that, you know, that was probably your emotions are crazy there, right? Like you do shit and then you're like, okay, looking back, like whatever, probably wasn't that serious, but I feel like Stoss really took it well. And I think she most likely grew from it because that's just the type of person she is. We're going to pivot to a little bit different of dramatic moments that went down in Brooklyn. This one's for you. Um, I know you kind of touched on this a little bit at the beginning, like you went in, you weren't really like nervous or like have anything specifically to say to anyone. What was it like seeing Kat again for the first time since you both went home in, what, what was it, Estonia? Budapest. Budapest, yeah. When you both went home in Budapest. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing Kat, I knew that like we were going to have to kind of rehash that. Um, I'm very much a person where like I've already said it. So like I don't really have much else to say it about it. But of course, I knew we were going to have to kind of rehash that. Um, you know, I know my delivery was kind of harsh. I'm fully aware of that. That's just kind of how I am. Um, but seeing her, I knew it was going to come up. And I feel like we both kind of stood strong on where we stand on that. So it was a little nerve wracking because I was like, it's probably going to get heated again. Like, it's not going to be a peaceful chat. Um, So I was nervous just because, you know, I don't want to be mean or hurt feelings, but I'm going to stand strong on what I said and how I feel. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you ended on the same page? um, For the most part, yeah, I do. Um, Yeah, I feel like we ended on the same page um we're totally fine now you know we were able to talk about it and hash it out might have been 
a harsher hash out than most. Um, but at the end of the day, we were able to see eye to eye and I have nothing but good things to say about her. Like I respect her as a person and I think she's great. Um, so we're definitely on the same page now and totally cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is going to be kind of a random question and I'm only asking this because, um, one of my friends at the gym actually asked me this question. I was like, Hmm, that is a good thing that maybe I could just ask all of you since we have more of you here. Okay. So in this scenario with Kat pulling Zach right before charity's date, like we saw all of that go down, you know, it rubbed everyone the wrong way. Would you have preferred it to happen in that moment or say before, like right as the rose ceremony is going on, when you're all standing there waiting, it's a long night and she still chose to interrupt everyone's rose ceremony and pull Zach aside in that moment? Because that happened on on Ari season where I was a contestant and people obviously were freaking out. So like give and take, what scenario would you have preferred? This is fun. Um, I personally, <laughs> I say the rose ceremony, you know, like we all got our chance. We all had our time. Um, maybe it was something huge weighing on her. Um, but before charity's date, that was charity's time. Like the second he walked through the door, her date started. So I would have probably still been kind of annoyed had she done that at the rose ceremony, but I would have Mm -hmm. assumed it was something big she had to discuss with him. So I would have been a lot more understanding with that. Mm -hmm. I still stand by that before the one-on-one. Yeah. What about you, Mercedes and Allie? Um, I would say definitely would have much preferred it before the rose ceremony. Honestly, both would have annoyed me for two different reasons. Like rose ceremonies are long, your feet are hurting, and I just don't want to stand there that long, quite frankly. <laughs> right. Um, but I feel like it comes down to before charity's date was taking charity's moment before the rose ceremony. It's, it's, it's really an all or nothing at that point. And so if those two seconds are going to be a make or break for you, I say, go get your man and take those two seconds. Um, but doing it before charity's date was, I mean, unanimously, we were like, that's stealing charity's moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it was just not okay. So before the rose ceremony, it would have been much more appreciated. Okay. Mercedes, what about you? Um, I would say before the rose ceremony, because like Brooklyn said, it's, um, everyone's time kind of, whereas charity, especially in that situation, because she was supposed to get her one-on-one in London. So it was Mm -hmm. like all leading up to it. And she was so excited. Then it's kind of just like, oh, like I got my moment taken from me again, you know? So I definitely, if that would have been me, I would have much rather done the gross ceremony for sure. I agree. It's, it's different when it's one person more, not that she was singled out, but singled out in a sense versus kind of all of you up against the time all together in solidarity. Um, Definitely. I was just really interested because I've been I've been thinking about that for a couple weeks since it happened. And so I'm glad that (laughs) I could finally just ask ask the majority of people here. There are so (laughs) many just read like this season. I think like the whole like read the room comment could apply in so many situations. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. just if we just were to read the room, so many things wouldn't have happened. But just every day in life. All right, let's get into more of the tell-all. What did you all think of Greer's hot seat? Um, Michelle and I touched about uh, on this a little bit before you you were all brought on. Um, it was we 
I think we're glad to see that conversation. We think that it's a step in the right direction. How did you all feel about her apology? And was there anything that she said or Dr. Banks or what Dr. Banks said that stuck out to you or lessons that you think people could take from it? Um, Mercedes, let's start with you this time. Yeah, like you said, I'm very happy that, you know, it is being discussed um, because that is a step in the right direction because it's it's 2023. Like we do need to have those discussions. Um, but I feel like her apology was, it was good. I mean, there's for, for what it was, I think that she handled herself very well. Um, I appreciated them having, um, what was the doctor's name again? Dr. Dr. Banks. Dr. Banks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought having her there was very cool too, because she was like from a professional standpoint and could actually explain everything that was going on. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was, it was good. And I'm glad that it was just talked about. Mm -hmm. Allie, what about for you? I think for me, I definitely agree with that. Uh, what Mercedes said, it's, it's a weird social experience. This is because the Greer we met was not the Greer I thought I was going to have to confront post-show when you get to read through all of these things. She, in my opinion, throughout the show, never showed signs of that she would have ever had commented on things like that. So mm -hmm. it was very strange to then have to have those conversations like, you did what? And defended what? Um, but I, I think that it was good. I think it's a step in the right direction. I genuinely think that she understands what she did. I also think that she understands that she was in a situation or around people who may not have been influencing the right ideals. Um, and, and so now she can make a decision for herself and understand all resources that are available to her um, and what her opinion are on things. And so um, I have nothing but good things to say about Greer the person. And I just hope that she continues to take the lessons that she had from Dr. Banks and really like put it into motion and in how she can live her life um, because that's not who she was on the show. So it was very weird um, to come back and read that because I'm like, Greer, that's not who you are. Why would you have even defended or said things, things like that? Um, I'm glad we now have the opportunity to, you know, hold you accountable, but then also moving forward, you can hold others accountable too. Um, cause she got backlash from both sides. People saying, why are you apologizing? Like you shouldn't mm -hmm. be apologizing and others saying, no, she definitely needs to, it's wrong. And so, um, I'm glad she can go back to people who questioned why she apologized and also double down to them and be an advocate to say, no, this is why what I did was wrong. And I stand behind that and we could all move forward together. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. Uh, and Brooklyn, what about for you? Yeah, I'm basically what they said too. I'm glad to see that she was able to be accountable for her previous actions. Um, and I really liked that she was able to sit down and take the time to see why she was wrong and how she can, you know, not make mistakes like that and kind of influence others to see the issue that it truly is. Um, I really liked them having Dr. Banks there to kind of shed some light on the situation, like Mercedes said, from a professional aspect. Um, but, you know, also like Ali said, it, that's not the Greer we met. Um, so it was, you know, hearing about all of that and being like, oh, what? Then seeing her take accountability and apologize, I definitely agree is a step in the right direction. And um, although it's unfortunate that it ever happened, it's kind of on such a big platform, you're able to shed light on the situation and move in the right direction and show others. So, you know, it's 
unfortunate as it is that happened, I'm glad that it happened on a big platform so that you can shed light on the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. we talked about this too. The fact that even Jesse at the beginning of that whole conversation to kind of narrate it kind of said we as a whole as a franchise have been in the wrong and have you know not necessarily dealt with this issue or had the conversations that we've needed to have in the past and that's on us which we appreciate um you know it's not just like a one and done person situation um unfortunately so again like step in the right direction for the franchise too as a whole um and Michelle, did you have any final thoughts on that part or do you want to get into? Yeah, it was just how are you? What were your guys' thoughts of just having to? I mean, I've been in a contestant position now, I've been in a lead position and having to take time out of these moments, whether it's women tell all, whether it's after the final rose to like address these types of things. And, you know, we had the situation with Greer, but we also had these conversations about microaggressions and being an angry black woman. And those are all different things that I also had to have conversations about too, when I was filming. And how, how did you feel not only addressing those or that you're able to address those, but also how did you feel that people were responding to those conversations? Whoever wants to jump in first. I think that it showed we've come far-ish, but we still have so much further to go um, in these conversations. Um, I think the conversations around even microaggressions, having to, and this goes for everyone, not just the, the two people who were involved in that particular situation, having to then define what a microaggression is and then further explain how it, it doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, it, it, it just means you made a microaggression and you need to understand why it affects certain people or certain. And mm-hmm. so it's just, it's for me personally, it's exhausting because I don't want to have to define it and I don't want to have to explain it. And I don't want to have to, um, I don't know, just have those conversations and stuff. But at the same time, it's so fruitful because we are friends and we have bonded. And I know that you're going to likely receive that information Mm -hmm. from me better than you're going to receive it from someone else. So um, I think it puts like, at least for myself, myself in a weird situation where I have to step out of my comfort zone. And while I don't want to have these conversations or even give it any airtime, I have to also acknowledge my part in this to say, if I don't, then you continue to perpetuate something. Um, And as a friend, I don't want you to do that. And so, Mm -hmm. um, exhausting but I feel like it I mean I'm glad it's shown and I'm glad we can show people that um we're going to continue to move in that direction um you know as a collective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nicely put yeah, yeah Becca that's kind of what we that's what Becca and I spoke about as well of just it yeah you want to you want to I'm not I'm not going to say the word celebrate because I'm not going <laughs> to yay you know we're taking us in the right direction or anything like that but like you said it does get exhausting and even as like a woman of color, black woman, you also have the right to choose when to tap in and tap out of those conversations. And that's what I firmly believe. And I applaud you for wanting to tap in and and definitely explaining those things and speaking up. And, you know, there's also times where you have to protect your peace because it's frustrating to constantly have to explain what implicit bias is, what microaggressions are, you know, and, and continue to go down that road. But yeah, um, I agree. It is, exhausting because it's kind of just like why is this a conversation like I wish it was just like everyone just got it because it seems like so easy like just don't do it Mm -hmm. but I am like very grateful that you know 
we do have this platform and some people watching tell all maybe they didn't even know what microaggressioning was so now they're like aware of it and can like learn from it and grow from it um but it is it's frustrating and like you said sometimes you have to protect your peace and just be like okay can't deal with that right now mm -hmm. um but but i'm glad that it's being talked about and hopefully people are learning and will get it right <laughs> hopefully sooner yeah. rather than later because what <laughs> Well, but. and I think Dr. Banks, she had a, a good part in there towards the end when she was wrapping up where she's like, you can't, I think it was, you can't nice your way out of racism. Like, and I think collectively, like me being a white woman growing up in a predominantly white <clears throat> community, there's a lot that we weren't even, I, I would say like aware of growing up, which, and that's not an excuse. Like I'm, that's why like now I'm trying to push myself forward and learn and educate. And we do this resource section every week on the podcast. But I think that that's been an excuse in the past, and especially within this franchise, which is predominantly the viewership is white. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, the, in the intent wasn't to hurt someone or I was being nice or whatever it might be. And I think that was a good one liner that I took from that, too, is like we can all keep this in mind, especially as a white woman watching this show. You can't nice your way out of this huge, huge issue that continually takes place and can still be perpetuated within this industry, within our country. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Dr. Banks was, was able to be there. Um, so with all that, let's get into, um, the part where Zach comes out, um, totally flipping sides here. Um, Zach comes out on stage. What were all of your first thoughts seeing him again? Um, uh, Brooklyn, let's start with you. Um, I was like, oh, well, he's still good looking. Good to know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was kind of like, I don't know. I wouldn't say sad to see him, but I was kind of like, oh, wow. Like the last time I saw you, I was bawling my eyes out going, getting on a 20 hour flight. Like it was just kind of brought me back to that moment, you know, of when things ended. But it was nice to see him again. He looks happy. He looks healthy. So it was nice to see him, but also just kind of a shock to the system at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Brooklyn, I have one more question for you. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like before you had seen him, did you reach some type of like internal closure? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I feel like I kind of, I'm not big on, I'm not really a closure person because I feel like everything happens for a reason in a sense. So I'm not really, didn't feel like I needed to hear from him the nitty gritty, like why. So I feel like when I left, I was like, okay, this isn't my person. It doesn't make it hurt any less, but I feel like I was able to reach that closure really soon. Um, didn't make it hurt any less, but, um, also independent I, closure. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Independent closure. That's like one of the hardest things to do. So that's amazing. <laughs> Not always. Don't get me wrong. They can't always, <laughs> they can't always do it, but yeah. Allie. Um, I'm going like to agree with that? the independent closure part. I think by the time Zach came out, I was good. Uh, mainly because watching <laughs> it back, I'm not going to say there was ever any point where I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm in love with this man. But like, I feel like you're content. You're like hopeful the entire time. Like maybe like, let's just keep this going. See how this goes. Watching it back and seeing him like put his arms around my shoulders and then his arms around other people's waist. I was like, oh, I was friends though a long time ago. And I just didn't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's like, I feel like I could see the body language watching it back the entire time. And maybe just in our heads, we were both like, Oh, but we're like good people. Like we're good mm -hmm. people. Like 
we'll just mm-hmm. we'll continue to like have discussions and talk so i feel like watching it for me was therapeutic because i was like this guy was never yours your man is not gonna wrap his arm around your neck he's gonna wrap it around <laughs> you know your lower back yes. and that's that. mercedes what about for you Yes. Yeah, so I was one of the girls that got sent home uh, over video calls. So that mm-hmm. was that was rough. So seeing him in person, I was like, whoa, yeah, still very good looking. Um, but it was good to see him. I'm kind of the same way, Allie, like watching it back. I was like, damn, yeah, no, we, we were cool. But like we, there was no it wasn't like in love. Mm-hmm. So um, but it was it was good to see him and see all the girls, too. It was, it was good. It was fun. And your hug. Yeah, you got your hug. I was going to say, you got your hug. I was going to say. I know. That was so cute. I was like, because I was talking to Kylie. I'm like, I feel like we need like a hug at least. You know, everyone gets a hug when you leave. Right. So Mm -hmm. that was like such a cute little sweet moment. And it was fun because he's just like, truly, I know everyone says it, but he is so freaking genuine and sweet. And like, just like getting able to hug him one more time. It was just a really sweet moment. Um. Okay, let's get into something very exciting, which is obviously Charity is now the next Bachelorette. We are so thrilled for her. How freaking excited are all of you to see one of your good friends now become this lead who is about to go on this crazy journey to find love? Allie, let's start with you. So freaking exciting. I think that we definitely have seen her personality. We'll see her personality, I'm sure, even more um, when hometowns and stuff, but charity and her charityisms, y'all no, y'all have not seen the half of it. Like this girl is a hoot, a full hoot. So I'm so excited for her to have an entire season where people get to like, yes, watch her fall in love, but like see her fully for who she is. Because I mean, not only is she intelligent and brilliant, but she is hilarious and there's no other girl like her in our cast. Um, so I'm super excited for people to just get to know her as a person. Mm -hmm. oh we can't wait Mercedes what about for you yeah I mean Charity like Ali said she is literally a hoot like that girl I get around her and I won't stop smiling like she's just (laughs) so funny she is intelligent she's a therapist so like she's gonna be able to connect with people and talk people through like feelings and go through her it'll be such a good season because of that I think as Mm -hmm. well and then on top of her her personality is just amazing and i know that america is actually going to fall in love with her too so mm-hmm. i'm so excited for her and she deserves the world and i can't wait to find her, or watch her find her person because yeah. it's gonna be so fun to watch okay brooklyn i'm gonna pivot this question and ask you if if there is somebody that you could not like looks wise but like the perfect partner for charity give me three qualities that this man has to have for our girl okay hmm <laughs> He has to be emotionally intelligent. Like, I mean, she can hold a conversation at such a high emotional level and intelligence level that she's got to be with someone that is emotionally intelligent and can have those conversations with her. Um, She definitely needs someone, I feel like, that's quick-witted because she's really funny and just, like, quick on the draw, and she's going to say something that you're like, okay, all right. So she needs (laughs) someone with a good personality, quick-witted, emotionally intelligent, and someone with just as big of a loving heart as she has, you know, she's a very loyal person. She needs someone that's going to be just as loyal to her as she will be to them. I love that. I love that. Nothing but the best for her. If you were to pick out what like charity's type would be, what would you say? I would say 
he's definitely tall. I feel like he works out. He's got the muscles, got the body. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Yeah, just someone tall and muscular. Because, I mean, she's a tiny, a petite girl. But I feel like she needs someone that's really tall and strong. Um, That's just who I see her with. And someone that's, like, good looking. Because, I mean, she's gorgeous. So someone's going to have to be up on her level, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, we know she has so many great qualities. What do you think are some of her most amazing ones that will make her just a fabulous stand-up bachelorette? I definitely think her decisiveness is something that will be very helpful on this. I mean, everyone has seen the commercial with the line that separates a boy from a man, and that is that's her to a T. And so she's going to need a man to come up, show up, and show out. So mm-hmm. um, she's going to read through the BS. Yes. Yeah. Mercedes, what about you? Yeah, I think her confidence. She is such a confident woman. She knows exactly what she wants, she needs. And because of that, I think that she'll be able to navigate her way through this journey in such a beautiful way. And yeah, people people are going to love her because she's she's just real. She's real as hell. So mm-hmm. and that'll show through. And now she won't have to be waiting for the dates or having exactly. anyone interrupt for her date. That's she'll just right. be able to pick who she wants and go on those damn dates. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so excited for her. She's going to kill it. It's going to be so exciting. We're thrilled. Um, Okay, so we're going to get into this next part. um, But before that, I need to ask all three of you, the beaches of paradise are waiting. If given the opportunity, would you walk those sands? Brooklyn? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I would. I would walk the sands of paradise for sure. Yes, I love it. (laughs) Allie, what about you? Definitely would. The the no AC thing kind of makes me a little bit nervous. I'm a bit <laughs> high maintenance. So um, there better be a man on that beach who's worth that. Because mm-hmm. just bring a fan. Know. Pack your fan <laughs> everywhere you go. Uh, Mercedes, what about you? Yes, 1000%. Yes. These girls saw me on the beaches. Or I guess, Brooklyn, you had your one on one. So you weren't there. I we heard, heard about I heard. it. I, me on a beach with the sun out, a margarita. Mm-hmm. I'm thriving. So that is that is my element, and I would 1,000% go. <laughs> well, look, we just did half the Paradise casting for the franchise. Hey, Here we go. Yay. <laughs> okay, you guys, this was so fun having all three of you on. I, I think it's it's kind of hard to balance having three people to interview, but I think we did a good job, It w- and I just love chatting with people. But before we let you go, um, we always do our resource section, which is basically just sharing important resources with our listeners to stay um, in the know and informed on everything. Um, and so, Brooklyn, you were just on happy hour a couple of weeks ago. So we won't have you do this part, but Mercedes and Allie um, will have you both share something. I'll start just to make it easy. Then we'll have Michelle go and then um, the two women, you can share yours. Um, so mine <clears throat> for this week is a little bit different. So basically, my little niece, who's three and a half, is coming to stay with me this week. And she loves reading. She loves books. And so I was trying to think of ones that I could bring into her life that... Um, are a bit more important, educational, informative, informative, especially just in terms of race. She lives in a very, very, very small town in Wisconsin. So um, I'm going to share a couple children's books around um, race that I think people can very easily go out and buy and read to their children. Um, The first one is called Is It Starts With Me. It's written by Bernice King, who's actually Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter. Basically, it's a 
it's a book that encourages words, thoughts, actions, all through love. Um, and then two other ones that I would recommend are The ABCs of Black History. That is by Rio Cortez. And then one is called Our Children Can Soar by Michelle Cook. So those are my resources. Again, you can buy them on Amazon. You can buy them, I'm sure, at Barnes & Noble, anywhere online. So those are mine for the week. And Michelle, you are up. Lovely. Gotta love the children's books with being the teacher of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but my resource, it's called All the Little Things. It's actually just like a little short film. It's four minutes. Um, it focuses purely on microaggressions. And that was something that was really big piece about this Women Tell All of not a lot of people not understanding what they are. Uh, does a really good job of putting somebody in that um first person seat of actually seeing what it would be like to go out through the day as someone who's like person of color and so that's called all the little things uh there's a few places you can watch it but the biggest place that i saw is youtube i'll post it on my highlights as well but uh yeah gonna make it efficient gonna make it quick it's not this massive book that you're reading it's four minutes and yeah give it give it a shout out give it a check it out all right thank you michelle yep. mercedes what about you do you have a resource you can share Yes. Um, Red Table Talk with Jada Pickett-Smith, um, one of my favorite <clears throat> podcasts. It's three generations. So it's her mom, herself, and then her daughter. And they have very raw, honest conversations about racism and everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, and I love it because it is just so honest. And they talk about real, real, real issues and yeah, it's a great, great source that I love to listen to. And it's on Facebook, I think. They have a few on Spotify, but it's mostly uh, primarily Facebook. on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Got it. Thank you. And Allie, yeah. what about you? Yes, I have a person, and she has like a collection of ways that you can use her resources, but it's Morgan Nichols Harper. Um, it's her name, and she has a podcast called The Morgan Nichols Harper um, Show, as well as tons of... Um, art that she does. She's an artist that is also autistic and she didn't know that she was autistic until she was an adult. And so a lot of her artwork um, and poems are like illustrate dealing with mental health, which is just something that is not um, spoken about in the African-American community as much as it should be. So it's a great resource if art and poetry speaks to you to just kind of get your um, emotions out and, and read it. So um, I love all of her books, but especially her podcast. Wonderful. We'll Lovely. check it out. Thank, Thank you. you. And again, to all of our listeners, we will share these on the happy hour uh, Instagram highlights reel. And again, on our personal pages too. So you can very easily check them out. Well, now is the fun part before we let you all go. And Brooklyn, I know you just said this a few weeks ago, but we always have everyone share their rose and their thorn, which is basically a highlight, your favorite moment, whether it was during filming or now kind of living in this chapter where everything it has been aired. Um, so highlight and then low light. Your thorn is like a messy awkward, maybe cringeworthy moment, something that you wish maybe didn't happen. Um, so Brooklyn, let's start with you for that one. Okay. So my thorn is still the fact that I fist bumped this poor man after he told me I was a good kisser. <laughs> that one's still my thorn. Like, why did I do that? I don't know. Um, honestly, I've learned to love it at this point. I'm like, okay, it's actually kind of funny, super awkward <laughs> to think about and watch back, but nonetheless. <laughs> Um, well, that's actually better than you having to turn around and be like, so are you. Yeah. Right? So there's your justification because you already clarified that. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, my rose. There are so many great moments. Um, I, you know, looking back, I truly think just the friendships I made, you know, I didn't 
find the love I was looking for with Zach, but I found love with all these women and support. So that's my rose. Oh, I love that. Allie, what about for you? My thorn is definitely telling national TV that I was going to miss the way this man's lips tasted. It was cringe to watch. (laughs) My friends will not let me live it down. I, especially as I'm watching it, I'm now watching for the first time him kiss me, then kiss the next girl, then kiss the next girl. And I'm like, I think there was like some some funny meme that was just like, girl, that's, you're not tasting his lips. You're tasting like the other girls he's macking on. And I'm like, Jesus, no. Um, So definitely my thorn. Uh, whoops, my bad. Um, and my rose is definitely the girls. I mean, we are thick as thieves. And so, um, I'm glad I got them. Um, I'm tell them constantly, please tell your cousins to reach out to me. Um, you know, they could be my person. So (laughs) just in case I never know. open, rebuild that roster girls. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love, I love the ladies. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Okay. Mercedes, what about you? Your rose and thorn? Oh, okay. So my thorn, I'm from Iowa. I'm a little country. So in the bloopers, I did a farmer's blow because a bug went up my nose. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. well, I forgot, I forgot I did that shit. And then I saw it. And I'm like, oh, in front of the camera. <laughs> Amazing. Good job, Mercedes. It's <laughs> so relatable. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. Like, and I actually do it. So it's fine. <laughs> um, but I would say my rose, like the other two girls, uh, the girls are amazing. The producers that I met are amazing. Really, the whole experience was amazing. But I left knowing that I had best friends for the rest of my life, um, Mm -hmm. which is something that I will never take for granted. These girls are truly just amazing. And we went through something that only like we get and understand, except for like, I mean, obviously past contestants as well. But as far from our season, we just have Mm -hmm. that that thing and so we just get each other and I'm very 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 thankful for them Mm -hmm. I love that yeah it seems like this group of women has been even more close than anything we've ever seen which is which I absolutely love um also okay you gave us your thorn you can't forget the fact of your amazing twerk skills in the mansion you did see those too which (laughs) I was going to call out at the beginning but if I ever meet you in person can you please teach me Yes, I will. I got you, girl. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. No, that I was watching it. And then I think it was Katie who was, like, falling off the couch, like, oh, how are you doing that? <laughs> so good. That was, like, such a fun night. That was just, like, one of those nights where it was, like, a down night. Mm-hmm. And I forget who it was. There's some producers. They're, like, you can twerk, girl. Like, let's go teach a class. I'm, like... Okay, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> this, it makes up for the farmer's so blow. Get a girl yes. who can do it all, uh, people. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> all right, you three. Well, it has been so much fun having you on, and we've absolutely loved seeing each and every one of you on the season. Hopefully, we'll be seeing more of you. I'm maybe on charity season. I'm not sure, but fingers crossed. Um, but we're always here if you need advice, if you need anything. Michelle and I. Our, our doors are always open on happy hour. So please reach out if you need anything. Well, thank you so much. This is so much fun. Yeah, thank good to meet you all. Yeah, you too. Well, that was so much fun. I, I really enjoyed those three women having them on um, to give their take on the tell-all and to just pump charity up. So I'm sure we'll see more of them in the next, uh, who knows, the next Paradise season, hopefully. So thank you for those three women joining us. And of course, thank you to all of our Bachelor Happy Hour listeners. Don't forget new episodes of The Bachelor air every Monday and this week on Tuesday, obviously. 
at 8, 7 central on ABC. And you can stream the next day on Hulu. And also, don't forget, casting is now open to date charity. So if you are single or if you know of anyone who is single who would be a great match for her, please go to the website to nominate or apply at bachelornation.com slash apply. And make sure to hit us up on social. You can follow us at Bachelor Happy Hour on Instagram. And from there, you'll find everything you need to know to follow us on Twitter and TikTok. And for you Prime members, you can always listen to Bachelor Happy Hour ad-free on Amazon Music. Just download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can also listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. And before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Thank you, everyone. And see you next week. Cheers! Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.